a critical deficiency holding the healthcare industry back from its true potential to serve its consumers best is the lack of simple and secure access to vital medical data. Fueled by his mission to break down data silos, our next guest is poised to catalyze dramatic change for the industry. Troy Bannister, CEO of Particle Health, joins us to discuss how his company is leveraging opportunities brought forth by new legislation, how he is integrating with the largest electronic medical records, and why he is so passionate about building a developer-friendly environment to dismantle the complexities of traditional healthcare integrations. Join us for this energizing and eye-opening conversation as Troy shares with us the possibilities for a more connected and silo-free healthcare system. Welcome to Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli, where we highlight and speak with the innovators, the game changers, and the pioneers who are deeply passionate and relentless in solving the problems our world is facing today. This is your opportunity to connect with and learn from these leaders and to support them on their mission. Perhaps they will soon be hearing your story as well. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you on this journey with us. Troy, welcome to our podcast, and thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Absolute pleasure to be here. Well, Troy, I'm fired up to spend time with you in order for our community to learn how you and your team have been breaking down data silos in healthcare since 2018. But before we dive into this inspiring and important work, a bit of housekeeping. While listening to any of our episodes, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast so you will automatically receive episode updates in your podcast player. Simply search Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli and Apple Podcasts Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And lastly, please visit the bottom of the episode notes to connect with me on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Clubhouse in order to further the conversations happening on this podcast. All right, Troy, it's almost time for our community to learn why Particle Health believes simple, secure access to vital medical data will catalyze dramatic change in healthcare. But first, let's take a moment to break the ice a bit so we can get to know you. Let's see what we come up with here. Ooh, we're talking travel. I know we're on lockdown. It's, you know, it's in the middle of the pandemic as we should be. Mm-hmm. Where's your favorite place on earth and why? Yeah, I've been lucky. My mom is a flight attendant, so I was able to travel for relatively cheap. One of my favorite places was and is the Sinai Peninsula in Egypt. Kind of out there, but it is an absolute beautiful place. There's mountains, there's the Red Sea, and there's amazing culture. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. So whenever somebody, whenever we're talking about travel on this podcast, my immediate question, I always go back to a time and again, how's the food? I'm a foodie. I love getting on the road, trying out new food around the world. How's the food there? Very different. It's a lot of fish, right? They kind of just pull it out, grill it up, add some pretty spicy spices and put it on a plate. And how are the people too? You know, I always love to talk about culture, talk about how it's amazing how welcoming people are around the world. If we just get out there and see new cultures, it'd be amazing what we could all learn. How are the Egyptians? So that's one of my favorite parts about it. Particularly in the peninsula, there's Bedouin culture, which is really travel-oriented and treat your guests better than you treat yourself. It's a really interesting place. I would love to go. I've never been down there. That is definitely on the list and will certainly keep the peninsula in mind. So thank you for sharing that, Troy. And I cannot wait for us to be able to get back out and explore the world. And again, Egypt back on that list. So I'm looking forward to diving into your inspiring journey and mission at Particle Health after we get back from thanking our community champion sponsor. ClearChild leverages technology, the power of psychology and human interaction to diagnose, 
treat and improve the success and happiness of children who are affected by mental and behavioral health challenges, such as autism, ADHD, and learning issues. They know that with the right treatments, therapies, and support, children can see measurable improvement across their mental health, happiness, and overall life functioning. Their AI-enabled mobile technology facilitates ongoing data collection, improving the efficacy of their program with every child they help. ClearChild Psychology serves both families as well as partner clinicians to ensure they are putting help in the hands of the most families possible and paving the way in providing affordable and accessible mental health care for the millions of children in need of support. We are incredibly grateful for ClearChild's support of our future generations and for their community champion sponsorship of Passionate Pioneers. To learn more about ClearChild, head over to clearchildpsychology.com slash passionatepioneers or visit the episode notes and click on their link. We are back with Troy Bannister, CEO at Particle Health, and we have a lot to explore, a very important and timely conversation and topic. Troy, you guys are leading an explosive company. You guys are doing such important and needed work for this industry. But of course, you didn't just get there. You've been at it now for some time, but you didn't necessarily come from this traditional setting, which is great. I'm a big fan of having new entrants into the industry to really push and have us think in different ways. But you've been at it now for a little over three years and leading and founding Particle Health. But take us back. How did this come to be? What's the why? What was the experience? Why did you launch this company? Yeah, I've been obsessed with healthcare since a very young age, strangely enough. Back in college, I decided to be an EMT, mostly because my math teacher in high school was an EMT and used to tell us all these crazy stories. And so I signed up for a class, started working in the ambulance, absolutely fell in love with healthcare and medicine, ended up going out to Georgetown for med school. And about a year in, I decided not to keep going. I hated it, <laughs> frankly, for a long laundry list of reasons. The job as a physician is just a really tough one. And it wasn't exactly what I thought it was. So I kind of developed a bit of a chip on my shoulder, funny enough. And I left that. I got a master's instead in biophysics and in physiology. I did clinical research for a while at Mount Sinai here in New York. And while I was there, they were kind of leaning into the digital health thing. And this is back in you know 2012-ish. So it was things like text message-based medication reminders, right? It's very simple things. But the outcomes that they were starting to demonstrate in a clinical way were very strong. And I got really interested in using technology as opposed to developing a medication or a pill or some sort of new process inside the hospital. And that led me to join a group here called Startup Health in the earlier days. I think when I joined, it was maybe eight, 10 people, portfolio of maybe 20 companies. And now it's in the maybe 200 or 300 range. And while I was there, I met, as you can imagine, dozens, if not hundreds of founders and entrepreneurs and saw all the different ways they were approaching, hacking away at the healthcare system. And towards the end of my time at Startup Health, I kind of took a moment and looked back and I thought of working in the ambulance, working in the hospital, doing clinical research, putting myself in the shoes of all these entrepreneurs. And I realized something, nobody had access to medical data in a very meaningful way. And that was mind boggling to me. As I looked across other industries, I saw companies like Plaid and Stripe and Twilio, and I saw this consolidation of information in a developer-friendly or a user-friendly fashion. And in each of those industries, they concurrently created explosive innovation. If you look at Plaid, I always belabor Plaid because it's such a shining example of it. As soon as they stood up their platform, we saw Venmo, we saw Mint, we saw Robinhood. And that couldn't exist without Plaid. And it really kind of gave me this idea that this is a core problem in healthcare. It's a really, really core issue 
across the board. And if we could solve this, it would actually probably have profound impacts. And that was the kind of the moment I thought, you know, I think I should start Particle. Well, Troy, thank you for sharing that. And you speak about Startup Health, huge fan of the organization, been friends with Unity Stokes and Steve Krein for a number of years. I've been able to attend the Startup Health Festival out in the JP Morgan and, you know, every January, again, when we were able to convene in San Francisco. It's a wonderful organization. When you said you were with Startup Health, in what capacity were you with the team? Let's talk about that for a moment. Yeah, I suppose when I started, this was really one of my early jobs. I didn't really have a core competency. I was wearing a lot of hats. But over the years, I developed really into, I think what was kind of referred to as scouting and onboarding was kind of my role. And that was a really cool job because every day I would talk to five to 10 different entrepreneurs, understand their problems, really dig deep into their solutions and how they were thinking about it. And then if it was a match and we thought we could help, we would sign them up and onboard them onto the program. So it was a really wild, deep dive into the healthcare space and on the technology side. And then you said you saw, you know, organizations like Plaid, Stripe and others. And you said, man, there's an opportunity here for me as well. Your first time founder and launching Particle Health. How'd you go about it? Did you get out there? Did you talk to people and users to get under an understanding of what the need was? How'd you go about launching Particle Health? Well, I actually really understood the problem even before I started because even back at Startup Health, I would talk to, as I mentioned, dozens, hundreds of entrepreneurs. And the core issue with them was, I'm starting a new company. I want to build this cool technology that does some really powerful stuff. How do I get access to data? How do I get someone's information into my system to create some sort of value-add service? And the only options on the table at that time were fax machine, right? I'm going to go fax for this person's medical records, type them into a computer, and then use that information. Two is patient portals. So I'm going to go build some kind of connectivity into my application or my platform that allows our users to go log into a portal with their username and password and scrape that information out and aggregate it and use that. And the third was just over and over again, one-to-one integrations, hospital by hospital, practice by practice, clinic by clinic. And none of those really solved the problem in a meaningful way. So the problem was very clear for me. And when I started, the big question was, okay, how do I, in a short amount of time, build a network or build a interconnected platform or single point of truth for a critical mass of information. The real problem is, you know, and we sell to entrepreneurs and we sell to digital health companies and large companies. I don't want to go do a hundred or a thousand integrations. I don't want to do a thousand negotiations. I just need one platform, one contract. And so that was my North star starting park. That was kind of the non-negotiable was this platform has to be a single point with a single contract to get access to that. And that was kind of where I started aiming my sights. Well, let's get after talking about Particle Health, what it is, what you guys are building, all that good stuff. I love on your site, your mission is at Particle, we believe simple, secure access to vital medical data will catalyze dramatic change in healthcare. And then unofficially, you intend to destroy the fax machine. I cannot tell you (laughs) how much I love that message on your site. So let's go there, Troy. Give us that elevator pitch. Give us that overview of Particle Health. Yeah. So in a nutshell, we are an API. And really what that means is user can submit somebody's first name, last name, date of birth, and address. And then there's additional fields, phone number and whatnot. And through our system, we take that demographic information and we orchestrate a search around the entire United States. And we find and match to people's medical records at the EMR level. So we essentially take that and we say, hey, EMRs, do you have any information that matches this set of demographics? If we find a match, we download that record 
convert it to fire, parse it, standardize it, and deliver it back to the API very quickly. And that allows users to build things on top of us. And that can go across the board from a lot of different use cases, right? It's one of our blessings and one of our curses is that we can support many, many use cases, which is great, but it's also difficult because we have to know exactly how you want to use it. So it's a challenge to constantly be learning. But that's the high-level pitch. It's We have over around 300 million people's medical records through our API. Wow. 300 million. And how's it been going in the marketplace? How's the reception been? You know, what have you been experiencing? What are some of those successes or even what are some of those challenges? How's it been in the marketplace, Troy? Yeah. So you can imagine this is not a simple thing to build. We started about three years ago and first step was let's get these integrations done. And we've gone through a lot of work to build the integrations in a really reliable way. So step two was then, okay, now that we have the integrations, we need a platform. We need somewhere developers and users can log in and try building something with synthetic data and prototype and switch over to live and manage their account and manage their API keys and build in security. So that was step two. And then step three was we're pulling all this data from all these different endpoints across the country and they're all coming back in different standards and different formats and not really easily usable data. So we had to stand up a data transformation pipeline internally that sucks in all this data and converts it and parses it and standardizes it to fire which makes it really easy to integrate and to use and pull exactly what you need and not what you don't want. We just got that over the line. We actually just made an announcement about, I think, two weeks ago. And so we've really been operating on what you want, might consider MVP mode up until recently. And we've still onboarded a good number of customers and we have some revenue coming in. But we're just getting to the point where I think the foundation is built. And we're crossing that finish line right now, which means now we can start focusing on building some really differentiated things and start thinking creatively about how to further the value of what we've built into some interesting places. So exciting. Um, Reception's been great. I mean, the number one thing we hear from customers is, I don't believe you. (laughs) You know, we've seen this before. We've seen Apple, you know, HealthKit. We've seen Microsoft Health Vault. And we've seen all these other solutions. We need to see this to believe it. So there's definitely an educational component. And as we keep adding on customers, I think that education piece starts to wane. Well, thank you for sharing that, Troy. And I do want to go back to one comment you made for the layperson tuning in as we continue to have an opportunity to learn from leaders just like you. You mentioned fire. That's a big buzzword in Mm -hmm. the industry now. Some people still don't know what it is. Can you maybe coach us up a bit in our audience on what fire is? Yeah. So just in a super high level, fire is the standard. It basically is a set of rules that say, here's how you can represent somebody with data on a healthcare level. And it's a really great standard. And the best part about it is for the first time ever, the healthcare industry actually agrees on it and says, we're all going to use this. We're all going to buy into fire. And that's a big deal because before different organizations had different standards and different types of information. So it was like, you might, you know, if we were a library, there might be different sections that represent hospitals and each one's in a different language, right? And you'd have to learn all those different languages and translate them all to a single language. Now the entire library is in one language. And that means you can take any book and read it and use that information. So it's a really big deal. And it's been a lot of work from a lot of people around the world, actually, that have made this work happen. Absolutely. And this is needed, right? We need to get to some basic level of understanding and agreement. So I couldn't agree more with you there. Over here at Olive, we're big fans and big believers of fire as well. So thank you for sharing that. And then also, Troy, you talked about you had some recent big wins with the company and you're continuing to push the ball forward. Where do things currently stand? But then also, let's start looking a little future state. Where do you see the company and particle health and the industry going? 
what should we be keeping in mind as things are changing rapidly, right? It was even further exacerbated this industry and the change was even further exacerbated with the pandemic. But where are you at with the company in regards to today, but then moving forward as well as where the industry is going to be heading as well? Yeah. So, you know, I mentioned we kind of got past that foundational level recently. So now it's a question of how do we really roll this thing out? And that's really where our minds are right now is around scale. So that's where our kind of thoughts are mostly internally today. We have had some big wins recently. We've gotten some pretty awesome customers onboarded. Probably our largest customer is Oak Street Health. And they're helping us really understand the value of the data we're pulling and how to use it to generate better outcomes and reduce costs and just deliver better personalized care. You know, the big question is, if you're supposed to take care of this patient, how can you do that if you don't have a full picture of who they are, you know, from a medical history standpoint? And, you know, faxes just don't do it. So it's a pretty interesting kind of conversation on that level. Things are moving in a very interesting direction right now in healthcare technology and particularly on the data access piece. Two big pieces of legislation have been pushed over the last really probably eight or so years. The first one I talk about is under the 21st Century Cures Act. It's a provision called the Anti-Information Blocking Rule. And just like it sounds, it's really about unblocking data. And what that really means is from an individual or consumer level, you have the right to access your data through HIPAA, but it doesn't exactly specify how. And this is kind of why hospitals typically fall back on using a fax machine or mailing a CD-ROM is because there's no rule that says how they have to deliver that information. With anti-information blocking, it starts to get defined a bit more. And it opens up some legal argument to say that consumers have the right to access their data via API through organizations like Particle. That rule was passed last March, so it's officially a law, and it begins to get enforced on April 5th. And that means on an EMR level, patients have the right to request their own information and pull that back into any application of their choosing. And that's where things get very interesting, right? And there's a lot of questions in gray areas, and we have a lot of thoughts on what's going to happen, but that's a big deal. The second piece of legislation I'll just quickly mention is a rule called TEFCA, which stands for the Trusted Exchange Framework and Common Agreement, which essentially outlines a framework to establish a national network of data exchange. What's interesting about TEFCA is that that rule, although it's not finalized yet, is already pretty far along. There are organizations like Commonwealth and Care Quality and eHealth Exchange that have built really large, robust networks across the United States that connect most hospitals, practices, and clinics. I think about them kind of as utilities, right? They're almost like a Verizon or an AT&T in some sense of a way that are kind of building this real infrastructure to exchange information. We're members of them. We use them. They're really amazing. And it's always surprising when I talk to people because people always say interoperability is so far behind. And it isn't perfect, but it's, I think, a lot farther than people really realize. Well, and we always talk about, right, there's only so much entrepreneurs can do or leaders in the incumbent space of healthcare. There's only sometimes only so much you can do. But when you have that legislative part and regulatory Mm -hmm. part holding you back, it's tough. And so I couldn't agree more. Some of this legislation that's rolling out, incredibly important. It's going to be very exciting at least for someone like me who loves disruption and upsetting the traditional apple cart, I couldn't be more fired up. But Troy, let's have some real talk. Is the industry ready for this? Yes, I know you are. I know Particle Health is. You're excited about it. But some real talk. Is the industry ready for this legislation coming down the pipe? So when you say industry, I think there's a select group of stakeholders that for better or worse, and for however justified it might be, are not ready. And these are abstractly the data holders, right? The way we think about it and just try to simplify the heck out of everything 
there's data holders, right? The groups that hold the information and there's data seekers, right? These are the groups that want the information to use it to do things. The seekers are ready. You know, they've been ready for a long time. One kind of alternative example is, is life insurance companies, right? If you sign up for a life insurance policy that's big enough, they want to underwrite it, they'll go fax for your medical records to understand and ascertain risks so they can put you in an appropriate policy. Not really a healthcare use case here, but it's a really simple one. So it's easy to explain. Those groups are so ready to be able to pull this data electronically. They're doing it every time anyway. They're doing it by fax machine every single time. So there's no real technical difference there. It's just electronic versus on paper. So why can't they just get electronic access? If the technology is already built, what's the problem there, right? And that's a question that we always ask ourselves. The data holders, on the other hand, do have some considerations. And they really are technology considerations. And the big ones are really around privacy and security. And I agree with these arguments to a certain degree. And the one that's kind of easy to talk about is around this patient matching concept. And digging in a little bit right now, if I take your name and date of birth and address, Mike, and I put it into my API and click search, we run this search around and we find matches. But how can we be 100% sure, like with zero degree of error, that we match the appropriate name to the appropriate records at that EMR system before we send that back to you? Because we can't really live in a world where we're accidentally making these mistakes, even 0.01% of the time. It's a HIPAA breach every single time, and it's just not okay. So how do we do that? And right now, the technology on the data holder side is not there yet to be 100% sure of these matches. There's been a lot of talk about developing a unique identifier for every person in the United States on a government level and hiding that information away from private industry and just utilizing it for matching. There's some policy considerations there. And it's actually got held up in Congress multiple, multiple times over a long period of, you know, I think 10 years they've been trying. There's also considerations about using creative technologies to essentially filter down that list of partial matches by using you know, knowledge-based assessments saying, okay, we found three matches on Mike. We're not sure which one. Let's ask Mike a couple questions to narrow it down. That, of course, comes with some security concerns as well. So it's not perfect yet. And that's a solid argument to say, maybe we shouldn't open up data access to its fullest extent until these things are figured out. But at the end of the day, when? When are we going to do it? You know, we've created the rules, we've signed it into law, and we're still not ready. So who's to blame there? And are we going to do, you know, finger pointing or is private industry going to stand up and create a solution to this? So we're kind of in this world right now where the law's there, the pressure's there, there's going to be heavy monetary fines coming down the pipeline but no one really knows what the right solution is yet. Bro, you got me fired up, man. I'm ready to run through walls for you. I mean, this is the kind of, yes, let's do it. This is the I kind of stuff the walls for you. Oh my god, I love it. This is the kind of stuff that fires me up, risks me out of bed in the morning cuz I know we can do it. We have some of the most passionate and brilliant people on the face of the planet in this country. We put a man on the moon as a country 50 years ago. There's no reason why we can't get this done if and when we all work together. Thank you for sharing that. One other point I do want to quickly ask you about and then we'll talk about, you know, in the perfect world in the future, what is this all going to mean for us? But before we go there, Troy, I want to ask you, the BAA, right? So we have a lot of entrepreneurs that tune into this. And my God, the paperwork around the BAA and what that does, slowing down opportunities to partner and work with health systems and customers is just painful. Can you explain, do I need to have a BAA for every provider, every hospital? What does that look like in your world regarding the very painful experience of a BAA. Yeah, so this is what I was talking about a bit earlier, right? There were two main principles that I was not going to budge on when building Particle. The first one, it has to be one simple API. 
right? It's not a list of APIs. It's not a six-month integration. This should be a three-week integration with Particle Tops. And we have to build it in such a simple way that those two entrepreneurs in the garage with the next big idea for healthcare can stand this thing up in a short amount of time. That was requirement number one. Requirement number two was, as you're saying, there cannot be a laundry list of legal agreements. So our one single BAA grandfathers you into all the access that we have across the country. So you do not have to sign 100, 1,000 BAAs. One with us gets you access to the entire network. That sounds like a dream come true. (laughs) Thank you for doing that, Troy. This is needed so badly for so many entrepreneurs and startups in the industry. So thank you for tackling that as well. Let's go future state, Troy. Give it a you know a few more years out. You know, what's this world look like for us? What does this mean for patients, providers, health systems in regards to what you guys are pushing forward? What does this look like in the future for us? So we kind of see four main buckets of end users. There's the patients, there's the providers, there's pharma, and there's payers. It's the four Ps, as we all lovingly refer to them. <laughs> and really what that means is, there's so many use cases in each of those buckets that need medical information to make decisions, whether it's risk adjustment for payers, whether it's clinical trials for pharma, whether it's value-based care for providers or consumer applications you want to download off the app store for patients. That's where we're setting our sights. We're really aiming for everything. And the beauty of what we're building is that we don't have to build specific solutions for each one of those. And we don't ever want to build customer-facing or user-facing anything. We want to be the back end. We want to focus explicitly on having access to the deepest and widest range of information and delivering it in the richest, most standardized, cleanly way possible. And we want to partner with the most innovative companies. Instead of building things and competing with them, we'd rather support them and grow with them. And so we are constantly on the search for the next killer app or the next forward-thinking value-based care model organization that can use this information to create a new value prop that wouldn't be possible without Particle just as in the way that Plaid created new value props with Venmo that weren't possible without Plaid. And that's really what our thesis is, is if you have a new idea that could not exist without Particle, we want to partner with you. We want to invest in you. We want to build things for you to create something new and take healthcare out of the four walls of the hospital and out of the payer network to a degree and lower costs and drive competition across the market and create a whole kind of new ecosystem of digital health solutions. It's a really wild, ambitious thing to say, but it's happened in every other industry. It's going to happen in healthcare. So who's going to have the platform to do it? And that's the way we kind of think about it. That's awesome. Thank you for that, Troy. And we will in a moment ask where we can find you online so we can get involved, right? I know there are a lot of people tuning in that are going to want to get behind this and get a hold of you and the team. So we'll go there in just a moment of how we can get a hold of you and the team at Particle. But before we do that, Troy, let's flip the script on you. You guys are doing incredible work. You're a man on the mission, companies moving forward, doing brilliant things, but what can we be doing to help you? So what's one problem, need, or question that our community that has rallied around this podcast, some of the most brilliant minds in the industry tuning in on the weekly, what's one problem, need, or question that you have that we can be helping you with? Yeah, it's a really big question. And it's one that we think about all the time. And that is this new rule that the anti-information blocking rule has passed into law. And on April 5th, you as a consumer have the right to access your own information. My question to the community is, how do I test this out? And how can I be involved? And how can I be an advocate for this? Because it's not going to be easy. I think just because it becomes a law doesn't mean that all of a sudden a switch flips. 
and access to data becomes liquid. It's going to take a large community of people to try and bend and push and make sure that this is really ending up the way we want it. And for the first time in a long time, we actually have a real opportunity to do that. And what I'm kind of afraid of is that we squalor it, right? And we don't have the right response and the right initiative to take the law, grab it in our hands and say, we want our data and we want to share it with these third parties and actually get use out of it for the first time in the way we choose. So my question is, how do I do that as either as a stakeholder in the industry, as a payer, as a pharmaceutical representative, as a consumer app builder, or as a patient is the big question. Like, what's my plan? And am I educated around this? And am I actually really going to push on this? Excellent. Thank you for sharing that. We have a lot of community members that I think can certainly weigh in on that. You can head over to passionatepioneers.com. There will be a post around this episode where you can leave comments, questions, and feedback, or reach out directly to the team at Particle. And how do we do that, Troy? Let us know. Where can we find you online, social media handles, websites, or otherwise? Yeah. Best way to learn about the company and get on the phone with somebody that can help you dig into the tech and get an account in our sandbox and get an agreement signed to even start playing around with real data, go through the website, fill out. We have a very short form. We get back to you within sometimes, usually five minutes. We've got people responding very rapidly. (laughs) If you want to reach out to me and you've got questions, thoughts, comments, concerns, my LinkedIn is the best place. I check it all the time. And my email inbox fills up faster than I can ever imagine. So I probably will get back to you faster on LinkedIn. Excellent. We'll leave those contact points in the episode notes as well. So in your podcast player, just simply scroll down in the episode notes and those contact points will be there for you to click on through. Also, and again, those will be listed over at passionatepioneers.com. Well, Troy, thank you so much. We have one more opportunity here to learn from you and to hear about your mission. And it's a fill in the blank. I'm a passionate pioneer because... I have a chip on my shoulder. Yes, absolutely. Full stop. I'm even going to throw an exclamation point behind that. 100%. I'm right there with you and couldn't agree more. You got to move forward in this industry with a little bit of chip on your shoulder because you know what? We can, in fact, do better. We're going to do better. And with leaders like you out there, there's no doubt in my mind we will. So, Troy, thank you for taking the time to take a pit stop on our podcast here today. We really appreciate you coming and sharing your vision and your journey with Particle and all the wonderful work you and the team are pushing forward. But for now, again, thank you so much for being with us today. I had a great time. Thanks, Mike. Thank you for joining us today on Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. We'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast so we can continue to improve this community and to further support the pioneers being featured. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends and colleagues to join us. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you back with us during our next episode.